Hey guys, welcome to episode one of our YouTube series called Behind the Mask. Once again, I'm Chris. And I'm Becca. So today we're chatting all about just defining what the actual mask is about and the why behind why we decided to create this YouTube series. So Becca, what are your thoughts? Why did we decide to do this? Yeah, so Chris and I started this whole concept over a conversation at a friend of our soccer game. Um, and we just got to talking about the struggle of being a Christian and then the struggle of being an athlete and then put them together as a Christian athlete and it, you just have a struggle. Um, so we ended up talking about this mask that we tend to put on and these standards that we try to uphold as Christians and as athletes. And not only are they hard to uphold by themselves, but when we're trying to uphold both of them simultaneously, day in and day out, there's so much clashing because you have the standards of the world, um, you have the standards of coaches and parents and teammates and what culture tells you an athlete should be. And then you have what the church tells you you should be as a Christian. And we talked about how growing up in sports and trying to uphold both those things was really a struggle and we end up putting on these masks and like faking it and really just driving ourselves kind of crazy because internally we know we're not perfect but on the outside we try to be um so we had this really cool conversation of just like yo let's get real like these are my struggles and then in saying that we could say like hey me too and suddenly we could take those masks off and get really real and authentic and raw and it deepened our relationship a ton and it also empowered we empowered each other because we didn't feel like we were alone in the struggle anymore yeah for sure but so what we talked about in our intro video you guys know this is we are centered on scripture that's the mm -hmm. um it's the highlight of every conversation and we start our day with that so uh becca's going to chat about this but our scripture reference for the day but also our theme for an, our entire um youtube series is John 8, 31, 32. So if you want to let us know what that is. Right. So John 8, 31, 32. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Plain and simple. I love this scripture because, again, when we're talking about the mask, when we put the mask on, we feel like we have to uphold all these standards and we don't feel free to be who we are. Um, I love in our, like, in our picture it's like that theater mask, right? Like it's kind of creepy looking, like, but when you put it on, like you don't even see the person behind it. They can't really talk freely. They can't express themselves freely because they're so restricted by this mask. And honestly, that's what I think it feels like when we're trying so hard to uphold all these standards. And internally we're, I know for me, I would like shame myself when I couldn't uphold them. And so I think this scripture is really good for what we're going to be talking about because when we unpack the truth of scripture and the truth of who we are and who Christ says we are and the truth about who Christ is, it empowers us to walk in freedom and it empowers us to take off that mask and really be set free by this truth that we're talking about and the truth of scripture. Um, so that's really why that's kind of our theme verse is we always want to bring our conversations back to the truth of scripture. So like we said, it's never going to be opinion based. We're going to share our stories and our struggles, 
and ask our guests to do the same. But at the end of the day, we're going to start and we're going to end on the scripture. For sure. Capital T truth. That's what we're yes. talking about, yeah. right? Period. Point blank. No argument. Um, so what do you think? So you've seen a lot of like, you're talking about this like clashing of heads mm -hmm. between our expectations of being an athlete and our expectations of being a Christian. I know for me, being an, like being a Christian, yeah, something I'm exposed to, something I am about, and something I've done my entire life. But being an athlete, for sure, capital T truth. That's what we're yes. talking about, yeah. right? Period. Point blank. No argument. Um, so, what do you think? So, there, you've seen a lot of like you're talking about this like clashing of heads mm -hmm. between our expectations of being an athlete and our expectations of being a Christian. I know for me. Being an, like being a Christian, yeah, something I'm exposed to, something I am about, and something I've done my entire life. But being an athlete, there's nothing like that, right? We you were talking about we're not we're both retired, we're both old, but um, we're still athletes. I refuse to be called a NARP. You don't know what a NARP is, not a regular person. I no. refuse. It's not true. I rebuke it. So, oh, just kidding. So. But we know that there's like there's sometimes some intersections and there's sometimes some things that clash. Right. So for me, at least the biggest thing, all athletes, anybody out there, you guys can relate to this. It's all about being a perfectionist. I, I already know like recovering control addict. We're in AA right now. That's what I call myself. Um, and it's all like you were for athletics. It's performance based. Right. One hundred percent performance based. Mm -hmm. Like you perform or you're done. Right. That's it. They don't really care. Athletes are, are looked at as commodities pretty much, either for pleasure, viewing pleasure, or for coaches because you're out there to do a job. Right. And I think sometimes we get the, that intersected even as Christians because the expectation from the world is also perfectionism. Right. You have it all together. You have all the answers. We don't show weakness, quote unquote, mm -hmm. um, which is just completely false and like unrealistic because we know both in growing as a Christian as well as an athlete, there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be failure, and we can't run away from failure. But I know for myself, I don't like failure. Nobody likes failure. So it comes down to how do we navigate that and help and like overcome it so that we can use it to be successful. Right. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I would totally agree with, you know, these standards of perfectionism that the world puts on us as athletes. But I also think if we're not careful, we can feel those standards and we can project those standards onto others in the church too. Um, a whole nother topic of conversation is like legalism and stuff like that. But like we always want to strive to be like Christ and we want to, you know, that that sanctification process of becoming more and more like Christ. But if we're not careful, I know for me. There have been so many times in my life, and I say so many times in my life, as in like every day I have to remind myself of this. Same. Like, it's not about reaching for God, it's about the relationship. And I think if we're not careful, if I'm not careful, I get this ideal Christian Becca in my mind. And rather than pursuing a relationship with Christ in my brokenness, in my struggles, in my pain, where he meets me there, I am like clawing my way up this ladder that I've created in my own mind to like reach for this perfect Becca that is good enough and a good enough Christian and represents the Lord well enough. 
And so I think that's a kind of a common thread that we've seen in our own lives. And, you know, if we're not careful, kind of weaves itself through the church, through athletics, through school, you know, insert whatever you want there. But that's, I think, uh, a lie that we believe is this, we have to be achieving, we have to be performing to be good enough, to be worthy, to be, you know, whatever. Yeah, for sure. I think that that piece, am I good enough, right. is why using the statement, I am an athlete as an identity statement can be so damaging, mm -hmm. right? Because our sport goes up and down, up and down, up and down, and we're constantly trying to get to right. here, right? right? To that mountaintop, to that peak. So it's today, am I good enough? And I think what happens often with, with athletes is we're hardwired into a certain mindset. We want to work hard. We want to make sure we're fit enough. We want to make sure we're technical enough. Again, that word enough. Mm -hmm. like speaks volumes and it translates to every single aspect of life and right. I think a lot of times that transition to life after sport that's mm -hmm. what makes it tough mm -hmm. is because not only do we not have structure we don't have our team we don't have all that stuff but we're constantly trying to prove ourselves am I good enough right right and what and at that point we don't have a standard mm -hmm. necessarily um so it's tough we and then when you move it into a Christian uh component it's like God's like, what do you mean are you good enough? Because of me, mm -hmm. you by yourself are not good enough. You could never be good enough, but you have Jesus, so you were more than enough. Right. But we lose sight of that because we're too busy focused on, let me perform, let me do things for God, which is right. the most absurd statement anyway. Um, but it's so easy yeah. to believe, right? Right. Like, it's just, we don't even, like, we think it without, a, like, batting an eyelash. Like, for sure. it's just the standard, you know? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough when I know I struggle with it constantly, even in terms of leading people as a coach, right. leading people in small groups, all that kind of stuff. It's difficult because it's like, okay, but I have to focus even more on how I act, not necessarily because right. I want to represent God in a good way, but because I have to be a perfect Christian so that they mm -hmm. don't stumble, mm -hmm. which is crazy because we know all throughout the Bible what is it is broken, jacked up, messed up people. Yeah that do yeah. things inefficiently and slowly that God is like, I'm going to use you. Right. So that all of everybody else, they're not looking at this perfect standard they can never attain. Mm -hmm. They're looking at this standard that is very real, that is very mm -hmm. human. But at the same time, it points to God because let me, he's like, let me use this. Right. It's a mess. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it a masterpiece kind of deal. Um, so I think at least for me in, in athletics, transitioning as an athletic regular person, that's all I have to say. <laughs> Transitioning more as a coach, but even still in school and, and getting the porn to younger kids, it comes down to, it's not about being good enough. It's about being in God's presence and being okay, right. pretty much. And he'll do it. Right. He's more than enough. doesn't matter if I'm good enough or not, which is a stab at my ego. But yeah. You know. Yeah. Do you think worrying, like worrying a little bit too much about letting people see your brokenness has deterred you in any way? with sharing your testament with people. Absolutely. Yeah. Why do you think that? Because I think, so I think I wear the mask for two reasons. I think, and maybe they kind of are, you know, go hand in hand, the fear of man and the fear of, again, priding myself of being, on being strong mentally, emotionally, physically, the fear of what people are going to think if I show up one day and I'm not strong, 
right. or if I struggle to handle something. So that fear of what people are going to think about the truth of my story, the truth of my brokenness, I think has held me back from just having those conversations. Um, so the fear of man, and I think pride. Yeah. And I think that's something that God is always trying to break us of is our pride. But again, same thing. I love the idea of I'm strong and I can handle all my emotions and I'm just fine. Right. And I think that was something that honestly I just recently God has kind of brought to light in my life with the whole COVID thing. Yeah. Like one day I was a college softball player, senior, we were ready to have a great season. And the next day I was home with my parents, my career was over. And for a while, like people would ask me and I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. Like, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. And it wasn't until recently that I called a friend and I was like, I'm so not okay with this. Yeah. And it took me so long because again, I think my pride you know, I was trying to be strong for whoever, I don't even know. But in my own mind, I felt better faking fine because, again, my pride got in the way right. of being able to call somebody up and be like, yo, like, I'm so broken over this. I'm so sad. I'm so upset. I don't know how to handle it. Um, so, yes, long-winded answer to your question of, I think for a long time, I think I am getting better at that, mm -hmm. but for a long time, it stopped me from sharing my testimony because I just wasn't willing to like take the mask off and show the broken pieces. Right. So that stopped me from a lot of relationships about or conversations about my relationship with the Lord, but just conversations in general mm -hmm. and real authentic, deep, rich relationships because I was just afraid to go there. And I was totally fine if a friend went there. And I was totally fine sitting with them in their brokenness. But again, my pride and my fear, I couldn't let them come sit with me in mine. Right. So yeah, I think for sure. That is good. And I can relate to it also. You know, wearing the mask, wearing the mask, like I said before, one, I don't want to be a burden on people. Right. So that's one reason why I wear the mask. Um, but as far as sharing my story, uh, it's the same thing. Don't, I have prided myself on being that stoic, confident, composed person mm -hmm. that the minute I share the brokenness in my life, that shatters that entire thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what the heck? But the other reason why sometimes that it's deterred, what's deterred me from sharing my story is straight up comparison. Mm -hmm. I've said to myself, I don't care about what other people think. Not true. I don't care about other people thinking certain aspects, mm -hmm. but that fear of man is massive. Mm -hmm. So like this comparison of like not having this growing up in church, we also see this like the super dramatic lifetime movie-esque like right. testimony. Mm -hmm. That's not my story. So I'm like, people don't care because my story's not super dramatic. There's no way this story matters enough that people need to hear it. Which is like a slap in the face to God because he's like, no. Your story matters and other people need to hear. So the first time I ever shared my story, I think it wasn't with like in a group, it was with one of my random friends. Um, and all they said to me was, I've experienced a similar thing and the fact that you shared that with me, it spoke so many volumes. Yeah. And it's like, at least for me, it's not um, overanalyzing or making it this, making an idol out of what your testimony is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. That's all like you're talking about ideal Becca. I'm thinking about what is the ideal testimony? Yeah. Right. 
Um, so I don't want to share my story because it's not quote unquote super dramatic. Um, however, it was real in the moment, not real in the moment, it is real. And like, it gives God so much glory and, and I am where I am now as a result. So I think that in terms of this mask, it goes back to perfectionism. Your, your testimony has to be perfect. It has to be this, it has to be that. Not in how I'm sharing it necessarily, which that's a whole nother thing, speaking in front of people. But not in how I'm sharing it, but in what the contents are. Does it fit the criteria of, this is gonna hit somebody, this is gonna be like heart-wrenching, and then, but God moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's absurd. So, at least I know for me, in sharing over and over and over again, it's with my closest friends, who know me as Chris, super chill and like emotionally stable, sharing my brokenness. Um, it feels super exposing for my closest friends. For people I don't know, it's, does this fit the ideal testimony that they're expecting to hear? Mm. Um, and at the end of the day, I put God in a box. Like it's almost like, oh God, you can only uh, work in people's lives when, Something super dramatic happens. The most like absurd and crazy testimony I heard at College Advance was this lady who got like kidnapped and she was in the trunk of this guy's car and he was like, where's your God now? And that was like her come to Jesus moment. I was like, that's wild. That is a sick story, but that is wild. But like, that's the standard I try and hold it to, which is crazy. So you're putting God in a box of, he's only gonna heal you when you're in a near death experience or like that, or somebody has a gun to your head. Where it's like, no. God works in the more often also in the super seemingly insignificant moments. Mm -hmm. Seemingly, because there's significance to us, there's significance to him. Um, so yeah, ongoing struggle. And even sharing, uh, depending on the group, like at this point, I don't care sharing with kids when we do camps. Because we're all athletes. A lot of my story is centered on identity and sport. Uh, but when we go in with other church people, then it's like, I probably shouldn't be the one to share. Yeah. Because my story is probably not as significant as somebody else's. Mm -hmm. um, which is a little bit defeating when you get into that moment. Mm -hmm. And God's like, dude, what? Right. And it discounts your significance right. too. And the significance of what Christ did for Chris. Right. You know? And I, one of the questions that I'm thinking about as you're talking about this is, one of the things that I feel like we keep coming back to is this idea, like you said, of perfection and being good enough. And do you think that's, as athletes, I think culture, I think it's rooted in culture, but do you think as athletes, it has even like a deeper root because that's what sports teaches. That's just what sports are. Right. I think you absolutely. Know? I think we're always, the sphere man again comes back to it. We want approval. Who right. do we want approval from? Our teammates, our coaches, our parents, et cetera, et cetera. What are we answering? What question are we answering? Am I good enough for you? Mm -hmm. Not just am I good enough for you. And I think as athletes, we're constantly doing that because our coaches change, right? I know I've seen that for me as a goalkeeper, even trying to find my identity as a goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. One coach wants you to play this way. So I'm like, let me figure out how to do it. And then another coach wants you to play this way. Let me figure out how to do it. And then even in college, that breakthrough moment of, I no longer care. Right. This is Chris, this is how Chris mm -hmm. plays, this is how Chris is gonna do it. Um, so I think 100%, like, am I good enough for you? Fits in athletics everywhere. 
Um, am I good enough for the fans? Like if you play a big TV sport, you want people on Instagram, Facebook, okay. on uh, on YouTube, even on ESPN Sports Center to say good things about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, right, it even goes into being a Christian, it goes into our relationships over and over and over again. We're buying for this approval. And I think young athletes, and I see it even as a, a retired athlete, God, am I good enough for you in this moment? Mm-hmm. Did I, like, we yeah. almost confused the, I want to give glory to God to, with, uh, I want to win approval from God. When it's like, no, we're approved because Jesus, not because of our works, which we get it twisted over and over and over again. Yeah. Just wild, but what do you think? Yeah, I think, I completely agree. And I think one of the, the biggest things that, like, in sport and in life again like you're saying is this fear Mm -hmm. and this desire for approval and i think if you dig deeper into that then okay so i want approval if i don't get approval what happens you know i'm afraid like there's fear under there like i'm afraid of not getting approval and then you ask the question well why are you afraid of not getting approval and you can dig and dig and dig and dig Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about the scripture as I was driving here to have this conversation of there's no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I don't have the the right concept of Christ's love for me because I have this fear of not being good enough. I have this fear. I want God's approval. Where, first of all, I have his approval because when he looks at me, he sees Jesus standing in the gap. It's the only reason I have his approval. But again, I strive for this perfect Becca and fear not upholding that. And so sometimes I think I'm like, I want so badly to know better and deeper the, the... vastness of Christ's love for me because yeah. when I when I grab onto that I do think that casts out all fear sure. because then when we're an athlete and we're playing to the glory of God there is no fear of is this good enough for him right because we know that when he looks down on us he is just so delighted in our existence in our being in us doing what he hardwired inside of us to do but I think I know for me, I miss that all the time because I just have this skewed view of God's love for me, thinking it's conditional, thinking it's, you know, knowing that it's not because that's what the Bible says, but taking that head knowledge and then really owning it and applying it to my life on the field, applying it to my life now in my career, in my relationships, like that's really hard to do, you know? For sure. And I think we're moving, we're going to do, we're for sure have to do an identity series, talk, yeah. talk, talk about approval, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's so good of we're, that, this idea that we know in our head God's love is unconditional, but the people that we surround ourselves, their love is conditional, which is not negative. We're human beings, we're limited. Right. Um, but we'll put, again, we put God in the box. We almost bring God down to our standard mm-hmm. when we need to bring ourselves up to his. Mm-hmm. So like we're constantly trying to earn things, earn things. I think that's the biggest thing whenever I struggle with 
whether or not God truly loves me is I'm in an athlete mindset of I need to earn it. Yeah. When for God, it's like, no, you just get it. You had a decision to make and now you get it. And there's nothing you can do to undo it or to earn it more or something right. like that. Um, which I know for me is a struggle because I always want to earn things. Mm -hmm. Like, God, what do you mean? I don't deserve it. He's like, tough. That's yeah. the truth. Figure it out. Figure out how to deal with it. Be grateful rather than figure out ways in which now you think you're deserving of it. Right. Um, which is this is a whole different conversation of when we kind of Christians will put will get into this who's deserving of grace and who's not. Mm -hmm. We're not going to talk about that right now because that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. But yeah, I think just wrapping the conversation. Um, the at the end of the day, there's almost we wear a mask because of something like we put something ahead of God and then that becomes our why mm -hmm. and then we take that into a relationship with God which is wild um, and I like in this intersection between athlete and Christian exactly what you said it comes down to fear and approval mm -hmm. are we good enough in other words are we approved and then what are the consequences if we're not right and in athletics you're cut mm -hmm. we cancel culture we know cancel culture we know it too well but with God, it's like, you're not, pretty much, right? right? I'm going to use you. I'm going to use that. Mm -hmm. And we just have to hold ourselves accountable to not run away from him when we mess things up, when we miss the mark, right? We know it all the time. We all fall short in, and of the glory of God. But, we kept saying, but God, but God, right? Mm -hmm. Greatest gift that's given to us. So, it's, it's wild. And I have loved having this conversation. We can talk about it for forever. Seriously. Literally yeah. forever. Yeah. Um, but we're going to save you guys from that. And by yes. save you guys, I mean we're going to have other episodes where we're talking about it. Um, mm -hmm. But, Becca, what, what would you say is like a major takeaway or something you would want everybody to know about from this conversation? I think mine, again, piggybacking off of what you said, I think... When we wear the mask, again, it's like that theater mask, like we're so constricted right. and we can't live. I truly believe that we can't live fully to what we were created to do Absolutely. until we're walking in freedom. And as we're wearing this mask, we're not walking in freedom. You know, right. put think about putting on a theater mask. You can't even speak. You can't, your eyes can't make like expressions like you're so restricted and i i truly truly believe that until we can take this mask off and and own our story and own our brokenness and own our failures and our struggles and you know whatever it may be we can't you know we're not going to be walking in freedom and that abundant joy and that abundant life right. that Christ has for us when he so he just so badly wants to just meet us where we're at. Right. And I think also when we're walking free, we empower others to do the same. For sure. You know, Chris, if you hadn't first said, Hey, I struggle with this, hey, I struggle with identity, hey, I struggle with always feeling like I have to be strong, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have admitted to struggling with it because I'd be like, I'm the only one. <laughs> Nobody's ever said they struggle with that, so it's a right. me problem and I'm weird and when in reality, so many people have similar struggles and we're created for community right. and we're created for 
you know, authenticity and vulnerability. And I think when we can be real and honest and take the mask off, we empower others to do the same. And we get so much more joy. And again, that abundant life and that freedom when God's like, ah, yes. Like now you're walking in the fullness of life, not because it's perfect, but because you know who you are and you know my love for you and that I don't condemn you for your brokenness. I welcome your brokenness is welcome here. Those sweatshirts have you guys seen? Those? Yes, I love I need one. Love those. We're both gonna buy one and then next time you guys see this <laughs> we're gonna have one. Right. Yeah. Like your brokenness is welcome here. Right. And yeah, I think when we can grasp that and truly begin to walk in that that's when that abundant life starts and that freedom starts and that joy is overflowing because yeah we don't have to uphold the standard we're not walking around like tin men like thinking that we can't slip up we have freedom to be real and to be us and to be unapologetic about what that looks like knowing that the god we serve and the god who we have our identity in gives us the ability to do that absolutely first of all y'all preacher becca over here <laughs> dropping truth bombs chris does that all the time and i <laughs> because you're always preaching bro like dropping truth bombs left and right i love it um uh, also i love the guests of becca y'all see it over and over again it's my favorite i appreciate thing. it because sometimes i need to be I, yeah there you go i appreciate it it's my favorite thing community y'all find your friends that gas each other up i love it um but like, what's first of all, I love, and we are definitely getting sweatshirts that say "Your brokenness is welcome here." Right? We must have them. But whoever knows what website they are, drop in the comments. But, I need a hat. I need a sweatshirt. I need sweatpants. I need a bracelet. All of them. I need a banner in my bedroom. I have. I like wearing wristbands. So yeah. Because I don't remember. I never remember that. Right. And then when God's like, "Yo, you're broken," I need a tattoo. I need a tattoo. Yeah. There you go. Um. Yeah, no, I think it's so good and speaks to that like statement we see we see over here over and over and over again. Right. Church is not a museum for the perfect, but it's a hospital for the broken. So good. And I think like my biggest takeaway from this conversation is I am an athlete as the identity, as a mask that we choose to wear can be so damaging Mm -hmm. because we put one of my favorite sports psychologists of all time Michael Gervais always says this he's like the minute you root your identity in sport is the minute you you put your identity on the line every time you step out there on the field such a like not a vicarious a precarious way Mm -hmm. to live right and I think um the minute we kind of let go of the things that we do and allowing those things to define who we are as people and let God define who we are as people is the minute we can find freedom like you were saying and we don't put God in the box, and we don't put ourselves in the box, mm-hmm. right? Because we're limited. But what the good news is, is we're not dependent on us. Yeah. We're dependent on an unlimited God, right? So we, but we need to like hold ourselves accountable to be like, listen, God, you blessed me to do the things that I get to do, but let me not lose sight of the person that gave me the opportunity to do those things in the first place, and the person that defines me rather than the things that I do. Mm-hmm. Right. So just like an encouragement to anybody that chooses to watch is like, do what you do and do it well. We're going to have that conversation another time. Yeah. Do it well, but don't lose sight of the of God who right. gave you the opportunity to do it in the first right. place. 
right? And at the end of the day, everything points back to him and it belongs to him anyway. Mm -hmm. So like loosen that grip that we hold on to all, all of these things. The other thing that I would say, and you said this earlier, sanctification process, all yes. caps, emphasis, process, on the process, like yes. bold, underline, highlight, I don't know, it is mm -hmm. a process. Mm -hmm. So like we have to constantly every single day be like, hey God, where are you growing me? And invite him into our brokenness, like you were saying, so that um, he's constantly refining us, he's growing us uh, from the inside out. Um, one of my favorite of all time songs right now from uh, it's called refiner from i think never see music mm -hmm. you've heard it this song yeah um i think it's the chorus or it's the bridge nevertheless um talks about uh i want to be tried by fire purified which first of all is wild if you read daniel um but after that the second sentence says um what is it now i just forgot what it was tried by fire purified you take whatever you yes. desire, Lord, here's my life. What yes. would happen if we surrendered the things that we do and surrendered our lives to God? And he says, and God's like, I'm going to take what I desire. And the reality is, what does he desire? Me, you. Like, how much freedom, that's why I play that song over and over and uh -huh. over and over and over. Mm -hmm. How much freedom would we feel if that's all it was? Because we're like, God, let me give you this. Let me give you this. Let me give you this. Like, no, I want you. Yeah. And I think when we can do that, and like you said, like when we have those open hands, and when we like when we lay ourselves on the altar before Him, that is when like we can look back and we realize that this life of surrender is a life of joy right. and freedom, and because we're walking in what we were created to do. The fires and the passions and the gifts inside of us weren't put there by accident. Yeah. You know, they're put there on purpose and for a purpose. And again, when we kind of loosen the reins and relax, or I I picture like so like as a softball player, when you go up to bat, like I am notorious for like clenching my bat. And my coach would be like, Yo, loosen your you're not going to be able to hit the ball that way. And like the same is true. Like loosen your grip. And that opens the door for so much, for the Lord to do so much more in and through you. Because you're going to be like, hey, you gave me these things. I'm giving them back to you. And he's like, that's all I ever wanted. Now look what I'm going to do. Look what I'm going to do with your story. Look what, look at the doors I'm going to open. Look who I'm going to put in your path to you know, share the gospel, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. But I think, yeah, like you're saying, like, I, he wants all of us. Mm -hmm. And when we can do that and when we can say no more faking, no more mask, no more, you know, no more yeah. is when really, really cool things happen in the kingdom. Right. But again, like you said, it's a process. It's not one day I wake up and I'm like, hands off, God, you got it. Because I do that, and then like an hour later, I'm like clenching my fists again. It's like, wait, God, give it back. Right. Yeah. He's like, wait, you just gave that to me. Give it back. And I, so like you said, a sanctification process, and that's what community's for, and that's what these conversations are for. That's what this series is for, is to say like, hey, I struggle too. Let's go to the truth of scripture. Let's work through it. Let's process right. through it. And hopefully through these conversations, 
you guys as viewers can then go have other conversations sure. and build more community and we can just spark more of that authenticity and that realness and in turn that freedom and that empowerment that comes through community. Absolutely. And the last thing I'll say is the minute we're able to like separate ourselves from the mask of I'm fine. One of my favorite people also, I listen to a lot of people, Ben Corson. That's what I'm about to Something he says over and over is it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, like it is okay for you to not be okay. You the viewer, you Bennett, me, Chris, it is okay. And it's okay to be not to, but it's not okay to stay that way, go to God with it, right? But also go to your community, find somebody, chat about it. Don't just like stew in your brokenness by yourself. Right. Right? One of, we're not talking about this today, but one of the ways the enemy loves to keep us in bondage is to isolate us and yep. tell us, you're the only one who thinks that. Right. Because he knows that the minute we go share it with somebody else and we point that points us back to God, we find freedom. Yeah. He doesn't want us to find freedom. So that's like the biggest thing I can say to people is like, it's okay to not be okay, right? It's okay, mm -hmm. but it's not okay to say that. Like, go share with somebody else. Right. Don't just suffer in silence. Right. And the one thing I will add to that is when you're saying, you know, the enemy loves to keep us in isolation. You know, we've been talking and there's no denying that we all have brokenness and we have darkness inside of us. Right. And when we are kept in isolation, we just sit in the darkness and right. in the bondage and in the gunk and in the pit. And then when we go out into community, Again, like you were saying, that's when the light breaks through. Mm -hmm. And that's when, you know, things change and you don't feel alone. And suddenly, you know, that darkness that we were living in is illuminated by the light and the truth. All right. Awesome. You guys had so much fun joining, having a conversation with you guys. Bex, as always, been a pleasure. You too. Dropping the mic, Preacher Becca. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you later.